Hey guys, we're back for another episode of Magnolia House Podcast. Uh, we're here with the main man, Alex Fry. Yep. Alex Fleur. Alex Sorry, Fleur. I just dead named uh, him. Just say Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh yeah. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Do you want the public knowing your I name? I don't care. <laughs> um, he's going to change it soon anyway, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, so it's just whatever. Um, They're all wrong. Your Lord and Savior, Tony Peterson here. Um, sorry, I know you're Quaker now, so it's <laughs> offensive. Yeah, yeah, it's a blasphemous. Um, but go on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're doing an episode with Snap today. Um, Snap uh, is the Spokane, Spokane neighborhood, neighborhood Action Program. program. Yes. Um, cool. And they do a lot of community-oriented uh, services like rapid rehousing, uh, weatherproofing, helping people build their credit. Um, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so good it stuff be fun. for yeah. people in the community. Yeah. And it sounds like it mainly focuses around housing stuff. Yeah, a lot of housing. But they do a lot of stuff. I think they do some stuff with medical and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so hopefully I won't have another panic attack breakdown when she gets here. I bet even if you do, it'll be l- not as bad as yeah, last time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or last time I was here. <laughs> Honestly, um, the Isabella House episode was like... That was, was like, great. yeah, that it was, was super smooth. About as good as I could do. Yeah. Um, so it's all downhill from here. Um, Wait, is that <laughs> in, in a good <laughs> way? <laughs> no. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, I think it'll be interesting. I think this is kind of one of the main thing I was thinking is like, I think it'll be interesting to talk to the person from Snap because it's not um, specifically like a religious and or like a yeah. charity focused oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Just the idea, because I think what came up a lot in talking to Sarah from Catholic Charities was mm-hmm. like the whole... Her religious affinities. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she said so much about Jesus and all the Bible quotes was just so goddamn yeah, Very anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Joking. Uh, but uh, it was like very much focused on the sacredness of like the individual yeah. and like that whole like kind of... It was that charity mindset yeah. of like we're good people doing good things for yeah. like the lesser folk and like i think i'm i don't know it'd be interesting to, to talk to nicole who's coming on because it, it, interesting if they have more of a community like we're all in this mm. together yeah sort of thing well i think it is more ingrained into yeah because of the non-religious factor it's got a wider net that it casts um but yeah to be honest i don't know a whole lot about snap other yeah. than I mean, it'll be a lot helpful. Learn, yeah for sure um but yeah my uncle used to work there which is interesting oh, cool. um but yeah they've got homeless outreach pro- uh, programs rapid rehousing weatherization i told you off camera that my my family's actually benefited a lot from snap because they uh my dad used their utility payment um program which helped him back in the day when we were struggling and then um yeah i think just like a month ago, they rebuilt. They built a, a ramp in my grandma's backyard. Nice. She's getting old. That's awesome. Um, Are those yeah. things you have to like? They had to like seek out, apply for, and yeah. But okay. it, the process is pretty easy really? to go okay. through. Yeah, nice. that's so, cool. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. The Isabella lead up thing was helpful in its own way. Yeah, um, and it was good. And it was a good. Episode. Yeah, it was yeah. a good yeah. thing. But like, yeah, I think because I'm not from the place, or not, like yeah. not directly. Yeah, related. I don't know Heidi was too much about Snap either. That's the thing about the Isabella House episode. I was so steeped in it with my sister. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'd I'd been in contact with them literally every day. I'd looked into their programs and what it entails and how to get in and all the rules for once you get in. So like I knew everything about it. Well, maybe we can just kind of explicitly say that like you know we're mostly an art based community podcast, but Mm -hmm. like you know in terms of our interest in housing, like affordable living, like, and just kind of societal issues in the yeah. community, you know, that's just a personal, like we have struggled yeah. and we know people who've struggled and it just feels like there isn't like, it seems like the resources are there through organizations yeah. like this, but just like not many people know how to, access but yeah. Them. And it yeah. just, and it just feels like there's a big gap, you know, people so, be ignorant. Yeah. 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 And like, I, I'm, I'm not as like, uh, conceited to say like this is how the message gets out there via this oh, yeah. but I think that like it gets out there to my dad yeah <laughs> yeah but it yeah. Just, like I don't know yeah but like we yeah. can learn and then yeah. we can spread it and yeah. then also just I don't know it's good to talk about yeah. this sort of thing I don't know it helps me like understand how society is put together in a way because I think when you're like on the left side it just all feels so broken yeah and you also know? you know I wish there was somebody 
maybe and maybe we can who knows we've had pretty good luck in terms of most of the people that i've asked actively called and asked pretty much have said yes hmm. um so i'm wondering who is at the core of all these issues is there a city planner is it the mayor or the governor or mm -hmm. who's who's like getting the census on how many homeless people do we have what do they need right. What are all the issues and getting them housed or getting them employed and fed or all that stuff? Like, yeah. because like pe places like Catholic Charities or SNAP, we've said in the past, it just seems like patchwork. It yeah. seems like these small organizations, albeit amazing, are just doing what they can to help stem the bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, who the fuck do we talk to in terms of who's in charge? I mean, this? I think that's that's where it comes down to. We live in a society where if you really want to see those things change, like you have to kind of do it yourself. Yeah. Like you yeah. have to like get together or run for office or like yeah. X, Y, Z, you but know, it, like it's just interesting that nobody knows if you were to ask somebody a rant, like just a poll, like how do these things get solved? Who do we turn to? Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody would know no. other than you got to get out and vote. It's like, yeah, clearly. Right. But, but then for who? Yeah. Cause yeah. And yeah. So yeah, I don't, I, I think that's where the like kind of, right side more conservative side just it's easy to put the blame on in the individuals yes. involved right it's always yeah. like well everybody should just take care of themselves yeah you know and i think the left side it's so much harder and that's what my experience and i was talking to you about this that's my experience when i was at the chop in seattle mm -hmm. when like they were trying to create a like very oh, intentional the community madness the chaos yeah. of like trying to build a community yeah. out of nothing and like trying to structure it when there's so many different voices is so hard to do. Yeah. It's so crazy. And it, it, it's, it's living proof of, you know, the right, but also mainly the left can throw out all these issues with the way things are currently run. But it's like, do you really think you know better? Right. It's like, yeah, society is sure. complicated as fuck. Right. Like just to how, if it, if it wasn't so complicated, it wouldn't be the, the homeless issue wouldn't be a thing in, every single major city mm -hmm. and it's every major city has an as a homeless issue and a yeah. drug abuse issue and all but that. the fact that it happens everywhere kind of points to the fact that it seems somehow built in like in the systemic way as opposed yeah. to just being like a but we also don't have or... much experience in foreign countries and sure. there are smaller countries who have very a very small homeless population yeah and sure. yeah i think it is just a factor of how big our cities get and mm -hmm. just how many more people can fall through the cracks that way. But I don't know if you were designing a system from scratch and realizing all the current issues, I think you'd be able to solve a lot of problems. The thing is, it's like being able to, it's, it's like laws are so hard to get rid of and right. so easy to put in place and to make any kind of change, you have to go through a million different hurdles. Yep. And so progress is stupid slow. Yep. And so getting anything done while having to go through the whole machine is just impossible or yeah. improbable, I guess. Well, it just, yeah, again, it's slow. And like, I guess Washington or maybe it's Seattle, but I think Washington is known for really slow politics, which mm -hmm. sometimes is a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Like it's, it's, we're bad at reacting in the moment, but mm -hmm. everything is like vetted and talked about so much that like, yeah. They see By a bunch of liberal so. hippies, though. I mean, but it's like I it's mean, like yeah. in California. Every a lot of people are pissed off in California because like every the, everybody the lawmakers panicked uh, when the pandemic happened, and so it's like they changed all these laws so like homeless people can now camp anywhere, mm -hmm. which means even highways, freeways, people's yards, basically like mm -hmm. right in front of like there's people talking. I listened to a lot of podcasts of. I'll be wealthy-ish people, but they're like, I worked very hard. I bought a house that I thought was nice in an mm -hmm. area that I thought was nice and homeless people moved into my front yard mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, rich people problems. But at the same time, come on. And then yeah. also there are new laws that allow people to steal from stores and whatnot, or even from individuals up to, I think like $1,400. And if, as long as they go below that, no penalty. They don't get arrested. I don't even think they get a ticket. Hmm. So it's like, I don't know. It goes too far in both ways. Yeah. I mean, that sounds a little crazy. Yeah. But that's, but I'm, that's bit, California. But again, it is like a, it is an issue again, like systemically of like these people are living, you know, affluent lives and like there isn't like that. 
there's no no one builds the sewer system until the shit's on their doorstep oh, yeah right yeah so yeah. it's like but I, I mean, know. if you were a homeowner, even not a wealthy one, like if, if I bought like you, as you know, I'm trying to buy a house. Mm-hmm. If I just bought the house and I'm super stoked, I'm a new homeowner. And then there's just a homeless encampment that sets up on my lawn. I'd be fucking pissed. Sure, I mean, I have all you, the empathy in the world. Who are you pissed at? Uh, the individuals, but also the laws that allow it to happen. Like right. I, I have straight empathy for those people. They need, it sucks. There's no home. But if you just spent, you just got a $200,000 loan to buy a house or way more in some cases, and people are just living on your lawn, leaving needles. Like there were stories of just a stream of needles on the streets, just floods of needles. And it's like, if you have kids or it's like, even if there's no needles, like if you have kids, young kids, and there's just homeless people on your lawn, that's, you know. But they're the people who won't even have homeless shelters built in their yeah neighborhood so that's yeah and it's like well if you're not gonna give them any place to go like and if nobody will take like what are we gonna do like kick everybody out of the city like yeah but that's why i don't like does it so it's like i love catholic charities and we talked about how people were pissed like you're setting them all up in one spot Mm -hmm. um with their complexes i don't think that's necessarily the right way to go i think it should be integration so it's like there should be way more me and my uncle were talking about this it's not it, it's not that there's a not, not enough housing. Like the thing is it's not smart housing. So it's like we should have way more car- apartment complexes. Mm-hmm. Way more mm-hmm. because that splits so many costs down. Like yeah. water bills, mortgage bills, you could even have cafeterias and all that stuff in the buildings yeah. and it'd be split. It's like I'm trying to get a place and have my brothers and sisters move in with my dad and I try to explain to them if if I own this house myself I'd be paying like $1,200 a month just for the mortgage by myself, plus utilities, food, all that stuff. If me, my dad, my brother, and my sister all, all live there, that $1,200 for mortgage would turn into $300 each. Yeah. The food bill would go down, the phone bills, the electricity bills, all those things are split. So if you have an apartment complex of 400 or 200, yeah. that yeah. minimizes the individual's responsibility to those bills. And also, it could be integrated. It could be, it wouldn't have to be a, a complex just full of homeless people. Sure. Because that, I've seen places like that and yeah. it doesn't go well. It just yeah. gets run down. But if it's a mix of everybody in there and good upkeep, nobody even notices. Right. And so there should be vouchers and stuff for like rent vouchers. So it's like a homeless person could stay there and never pay a dime, mm-hmm. you know? Or it could be. Yeah income-based which is like catholic charities uh does and it's like as soon as you if you if you don't have a job zero in rent once you have a job it's like 15 up to 30 percent of your income and so it's like but there's not a lot of programs like that no there isn't and there's i don't know how much will there is to get that done on a massive scale which is what it would need to be done yeah um now i'm again starting to feel like they're going to show up soon. wrap it up. And um, should, we're going to take a break. We got a guest coming, special guest from Snap Spokane. Um, when I snap my fingers like Thanos, <laughs> it'll be in reverse. We will all be here. Well, we're back. We did a little pre-discussion. Um, so we're back with Nicole Bishop from yes. Snap. Spokane Neighborhood Action Program. Action Partners. Partners. Yes. Partners. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> Everyone makes that Should mistake. Ever. Okay. Well, okay. It's like when there's like an A and it's always association oh, yeah. at the end or something like that. Yeah. Right. Or administration. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Snap does a lot of stuff for the community, um, yes. which we're very grateful for. So you guys have like live, learn, thrive. That's kind of the typical. Run yeah, of things, right? it's really supposed to represent the spectrum of services. You know, you, mm-hmm. you come in at the beginning and you need your basic needs. And yeah. once you have that met, you could learn and like grow and tell you could finally thrive and be equipped to exit poverty. So yeah. it's supposed to really kind of document yeah. that whole step from, you know, basic needs met to poverty escaped. Yeah. Well, that's great because that's kind of hard to navigate on your own, Definitely. Um, especially if you're coming straight from homelessness which mm-hmm. there is a, sure. a yeah. lot of people in Spokane that are currently suffering from homelessness, yeah. which is unfortunate. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to get into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, so you said you had, Tony was talking earlier, and he was saying that um, he has a little bit of experience from his family 
um, in yeah. the program. But we're also curious kind of how you got involved with mm-hmm. SNAP and kind of maybe you could say what your position is and like what you do and then kind of how you got involved with the program too. Yeah. Or, yeah or, so the, my, the partner, I don't know, <laughs> do, we call, do we call it organization? Yeah, we're an organization, okay. an agency, okay. really okay. any of those synonyms. And we were okay. wondering, <laughs> is it governmental Is it or is it on its own? Is it its own? No, is so it, it's, a, it's a community action agency. So it's essentially a nonprofit, but community action agencies are their special type of nonprofit. Mm-hmm. They were born out of the war on poverty in the 60s and 70s. Oh, okay. And so we're part of a network of about a thousand agencies nationwide that all work in their local communities oh. on basically fighting the basic sources of poverty. Okay. Oh, that's um, cool. So it's gotcha. interconnected throughout the whole... It's country. interconnected, which is great because we really have a thousand agencies across the country from which we can adopt best practices and oh, nice. learn from their experiences and their knowledge and, you know, learn what funding sources end up working for communities that they're in versus yeah. not. So it's been really helpful and, you know, I think the proof is we've been around for 50 plus years and I know people tend to trust us. I came to snap to answer your question. I, um, I grew up receiving SNAP benefits as well. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, my family did as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. think that that's a common story. I, there was one out of every 10 Spokane County neighbors actually received SNAP benefits wow. every year. Wow. Okay. So really, I mean, if you walk down the street, you might not know that they ever received yeah. it, but a lot of people you interact with. And that comes have. in many different forms, right? Because you guys, like, so my family, when my dad was, we were going through a hard time, it was probably 10 years ago. Uh, I think he got some assistance with like utilities. Mm-hmm. And then just a month ago, my Snap came and built a ramp for my grandma in her backyard. Oh, yeah. wow. So I thought that was really nice. But yeah, you guys have. Yeah, it's a very personal level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and they crazy. did an amazing job. And so it's like, it's quality work. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. So, yeah, that's, that's great, great to hear. hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So do you mind running through, I guess, the primary programs that people can try to learn how to access? Absolutely. So we have over 30 programs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we go, if we're going to the, we'll just go through the spectrum. So starting mm-hmm. with live, mm-hmm. I think the more common ones are homeless services assistance yeah. and affordable housing as well. Um, and right now out of the pandemic, we have a new rental assistance program mm-hmm. that yes. helps Spokane County residents pay their back rent and also works with the mediation centers for people who are maybe facing one of those evictions, mm-hmm. helping them navigate that so they can either stay in that place or not have their housing record so disrupted that they can't find new housing. Um, Then there's also utility assistance. That's Mm. what I received as a kid as well. Um, You know, weatherization, I think was another one that I said. Exactly. Weatherization and home repair. Which is a big deal. I think my grandma actually took advantage of that a while ago too. She's a little old lady and in the winter (laughs) it was just freezing. So they came by and helped her do all that stuff. Um, That's awesome. How did they know about, how did they know to go to it? Just from... Uh, yeah, that's well, a great question. Yeah. I'm interested too. <laughs> <laughs> They're all, uh, they all came here as immigrants back in the mm-hmm. day. Um, and so we're typically pretty low income family. And so they have been well aware of all the social okay. programs in Spokane and whatnot. So they're, they're pretty well versed in how to navigate those gotcha. things. I guess but not yeah. a lot of people are. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. you come in, I guess, from as, a, as an immigrant, you're already kind of exposed to the system a yeah. little bit more yeah. than just somebody who kind of grows up. And Spokane know. has a lot of. Spokane has a lot of programs that are catered to low-income families and which not a lot of cities have that Hmm. safety net so pretty grateful but anyway Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. (laughs) so we're at live I guess right yeah and so yeah and then the other thing is the weatherization home improvements so Mm. it could be you know let's say you have a mold problem in your house or Mm. you know your stairs are unstable you have things that impact the health and safety of your home Mm. we could do those non-cosmetic renovations as well okay um so then kind of move and foreclosure prevention as well. And I think yeah, that's a that's huge another one. one I saw, which is huge. But how, so how do people access? The, what's the application process like? It's a pretty, you know, we're fortunate that we have staff who really make an effort of being personalized about it. I mm-hmm. just heard one of our staff say, it's not what we do. It's how we do it. Yeah. And they really try to make that effort of being personalized. So it really okay. for that, it's there is an application, but it's more mm-hmm. so you will call us or get in touch through our main line or our website and it'll be a conversation not yeah. too different from this one where our intake workers and staff are working through and trying to find the way to maximize the kind of benefits you can receive and looking at okay. it in a full service way of, OK, here's foreclosure prevention. We'll work on this. But also your income will probably be a lot better if we could help you with your energy this month yeah. also. Or exactly. let's get your let's not pay five thousand dollars for a furnace. Let's go through and look at furnace repair through our home repair yeah. program too. Wow. Okay. So, so is that like 
obviously with foreclosure stuff, you're kind of dealing with them versus maybe the bank or whatever loan provider they have. Uh, but like in terms of like the funding for the improvement stuff, is that all funding that comes from SNAP itself? Like you're kind of allocating the funding? Are you connecting them to other places that provide funding for those? And things? that's we're allocating that funding. Okay, so okay. and we get it from a number of sources. I know the Department of Commerce, for example, is a big source of our funding mm-hmm. for our home improvement programs. Okay. And then for the actual improvements themselves, do you are you contracting people to come and do you have like people that you work closely with or are they all SNAP employees? They're all SNAP employees. So oh, we call okay. them the crew and they're, it's really great. They're a group of, I think, mostly men who... Yeah. Actually, they, my uncle worked there. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. About, about 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of the people you worked with are probably still there because I oh, think really? most of the crew have been there for oh, wow. 10, 15, 20 oh, years. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're, like you said, with your grandma's experience, they're really mm-hmm. skilled at what they do and they've been here for long enough that... I hope that they love it and it seems like they do because it's reflected and we get weekly feedback from people saying like, Hey, they came in and they were so nice. And Oh, by the way, they fixed my blinds cause they were kind of askew and they, you know, oh, they're nice. always looking for ways to always help very out quick too. Like, to get the job done. <laughs> like my, the, the time it took from applying and actually the ramp being built was a very short time, which was yeah. really cool. Cause that's awesome. Great need. Um, yeah. So I guess, learn do we want to yeah so learn is that next piece of it and so Mm -hmm. that kind of covers two levels one is energy conservation education Mm -hmm. so that's really finding ways to cut back on your energy bill so that way you know we'll give you your grant each year but how do you help make sure that you can keep it down throughout and weatherization is another way but learning how to tools is another way also like budgeting i think you've got credit building and budgeting workshops yes so that's our financial literacy and that's I think underutilized, but critical. So I'll speak from my experience. Mm -hmm. I grew up low income, Mm -hmm. had really poor credit just from years of not knowing how to manage it and not being able to have the savings to know how. Yep. And I took their credit uh, building course. It's like a series of courses. Now, after taking those courses, my credit is up to, I was proud when it went from poor to fair. Oh yeah. No, that's (laughs) a great benchmark. I'm still still at poor. Well, I recommend signing up, actually. It's quick, and you get that one-on-one counseling, too. And we also partner with different credit unions, like Canopy Credit Union, to work on, um, it's like a credit builder loan. And so it has those Mm. implements to help. secured loan type thing. Exactly, and a credit card. I'm going to buy a house right now. I might actually sign up for these workshops. I recommend (laughs) it. And actually, now that you mentioned it also, we also have a homeowner, first-time homebuyers course. You just took that. Well, I took the Washington Washington State housing finance commission first time for my course okay so do you know are you aware of that one yeah so i've taken so i've taken it through snap and i believe Uh it's the same course it's you get the same kind of certification that lasts for is it two or three years yeah yeah yeah. yep um so it does that but then we could also help you from there we have loans for first-time home buyers and down payment assistance um and snap through snap so snap is also we have a subsidiary that's part of snap called snap financial access Uh and it's a certified financial institution development institution which means that we can do lending like banks but we're not beholden to the same metrics that banks are so we could take some of those risks on loans because we know that we're working with this person and we have that connection and we trust that if they go through our program you know we could make that secure it's a little more personalized than yeah some big head at a bank. Honestly, probably how loans used to be before the the banks became so impersonal. Like, I feel like if you lived in a small town or city and like the local bank, you you probably knew the people and they were like, how's it going? Yeah. And they're like, we know, yeah, we know Jim, like he's trying to do this thing and like, he just needs a house and you know, he's good for it. Like type. Well, that's another program I'm probably going to (laughs) be looking into then because yeah, we're in the process of trying to figure out how to buy our home and build our credit. And it's like, that's great that you guys provide that because they don't teach that in school. They don't. They wish they, they did. Yeah, they yeah. Don't. Well, That's everybody wishes thing. they did. It's right. like, what are we doing? Well, I, well yeah. again, I feel, like, I feel like some people, they don't have to, somehow they just don't have to worry about that or mm-hmm. think, things go well enough where that's not a big issue in their yeah. life. But like, I, I, I also have suffered from poor credit and like yes. just almost like not understanding how that system worked. And like, mm-hmm. I went to college and signed up for a bunch of loans, not knowing what a burden it would be. And like, that's yeah. the reason I can't buy a home right now is because I have a bunch of loans that like, I didn't realize how terrible that of a, a choice of, that was. Right. You know? Unforgivable loans, which <laughs> yeah. also I just learned and I heard it on a podcast. I don't know if it's true, but if you were to die, that would be passed on to your next of kin. 
Oh, your gosh. Debt, yeah, yeah. Intergenerational I think you have dibs. to. Yeah, I think you have to fill in like yeah, who like who is responsible for the loan that's after I'm gross. Dead, it is. is well, and what's crazy too yeah. is that like we're saying why don't they teach us in high school? We learned that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of yeah. the cell, <laughs> but the, we the don't learn about taking out the biggest loan that we may take in our lives right. yeah. before yeah. going to college. It's and ridiculous. I was yes. 17 when I signed. for And that yeah, they're signing people up, and that was comparatively a minor loan. Like you're sure. seeing kids going like yeah. upwards of two hundred thousand. Yeah, like I went to a loan, state school, which and, is the cost of a house. Yeah. Like right. House. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a bit ridiculous. So I do wish they taught a lot all of these things. So for these learning school. stuff, is it like? I mean, Tony's obviously thinking about going, and you mm-hmm. said you went. Like, so is it just like you go to Snap just for the learning, or is that learning attached to like if you're getting the utility assistance, you have to go through? Is there like hoops to jump through, like kind of learning stuff, or is it like just for your education? It's just for your education. Okay. It's self-directed, so you could definitely use that as a jumping-off point to access other services because now you have the direct ear of yeah. one of our credit counselors or financial counselors. But really, there's a website you go to. It's on our page, and there's an event calendar that shows the different workshops mm-hmm. you sign up, show up, and really that's kind of your foot in the door. And on the note of student loans, we also have a student loan repayment course. Oh, that, oh. Um, Man, we are all going to hook I think, yeah. <laughs> I'll send you guys the link to yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, one thing I was interested in was the rapid rehousing. Do you know how that works? If you could go into it a bit. Yes. Um, and I'm certainly not the expert that our homeless services team mm-hmm. is, but it's been really a helpful program toward helping get people who have been living on the streets or have had unstable housing and getting them into secure housing. So we actually just did a follow up with um, he was a young adult rapid rehousing recipient mm-hmm. named Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had been one of those people where he had uh, he had family that he had forged on the streets. And he mm-hmm. had mentioned the idea that, you know, if you're you can't save because if you do that, then your family that you've made, they're not eating yeah. and they need that, yeah. you know. And so we were able to get he and the brother that he had forged on the streets yeah. into housing. And we just did a follow up on them. We got them into housing in 2019. Now he has a great job. He's looking at buying his own apartment. He's looking at going back wow. to school. Wow. Um, so really, it's you do an intake with our homeless services workers and they go through the process of, you know, it's housing first, low barriers. So Mm. we don't put preconditions on you receiving the assistance. You just need to be able to make our appointments and, you know, follow up as needed on what's needed. And we have different houses or different properties that we work with to help get our clients into those. So is it like a monthly voucher, like rent voucher or something like that? I always wonder how that works. Yeah. And to be, to be honest, I might be a little unclear too. I think that the biggest lift that it has is it provides the, you know, the down payment, the first few months rent as well, you know, like while they'll get their footing, we help provide, you know, furniture and even money just so they could have pizza in their house on their first night or two, you know, just to, just to feel comfortable and human again. Exactly. (laughs) It's a rite of passage. Um, so that sort of thing. And then I think after that point, then they work at subsidizing it after that, depending on the ability Mm. and the need of the person there knowing that yeah. sometimes just getting a house and a place to take a regular shower can make it so it's easier for you to get yeah, a job and difference. then you may not need the assistance as much but yeah. we kind and of work through it from, from do you there. have any employment services like helping find employment you know you know we used to have some pilot programs for that mm-hmm. a little while ago at this point i don't believe we do but we mm-hmm. do have partnership with the spokane resource center we have a staff member who's a regular um member at the resource center and they mm-hmm. do a lot of employment services there okay. so okay. really Cause just because mm-hmm. uh, with all these services i can almost see an arc of how somebody right. could, could go, go from through. completely on the streets to moving into their own place and then getting a job and being mm-hmm. more self-sufficient and then then through your credit building things building the credit and then buying a house right. and then completely they go straight yeah completely but, yeah. 360 or <laughs> yeah. one 180. Know, 180. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you get them back on the street. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, you could you could completely turn someone's life around. And mm-hmm. it's it does, and we talk about this all the time, it does make me wonder why our homelessness issue is still so prominent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we brought this up with the woman from Catholic Charities. It's like all these programs are amazing, but they all seem to be doing their best to patch up the problems right. that are it's almost like existing. a volume mm-hmm. issue of like yeah. there's too much it's too, too much for too, any too one organization need, to handle right? yeah right. So we, we're always right. thinking like 
who do we even turn to to actually solve these problems long term? And I guess, right. you know, I don't think anybody has that answer. I but. wish we did. Yeah, and this is Spokane, where right, yeah. we, like you were saying, you know, we do yeah. have a lot of supportive services yeah. and social safety nets. And imagine if we mm-hmm. didn't have it, how much worse this oh, problem right. could Got be. Yeah. Um, I mean, and really for us, our focus, I think, is wanting to increase affordable housing stock because mm. we, as much as we can, and with the other agencies, try to get folks housed and, you know, get that initial burden off of them yeah. but if still they're needing to pay twelve hundred dollars for a studio apartment yeah. it's rough it's yeah. rough yeah. um yeah. so that's one of our strategic plan priorities is to see what we can do as an agency to increase that mm-hmm. and hope that that becomes a priority for yeah. others in the area too i mean yeah, i think a lot of different people have different ideas and like i'm sure it's not as simple as like you know obviously snap's doing great work catholic charities is doing great work to help like stem the issue but again it's like you know it's a much bigger thing right like and i think everybody's trying to attack it from so many different ways and even just like the fight for like a higher minimum wage type i mean you're talking about Mm -hmm. like having to pay twelve hundred dollars for a you know for a monthly for an apartment you know it's like my my dad worked like 80 hours a week and like you know he had four kids i have three brothers and sisters and like it was just it was constant struggle and -hmm. like and it was i always think about how much my dad worked and how much like how much work that could have like I don't know how much more with like a better payment or something, something yeah. was so, felt mm-hmm. wrong there was like, he needed to work so much just to provide for all of us. And that was just, a, it was a detriment to like our relationship and like our family dynamic mm-hmm. for him never to be around just because of that yeah. issue. Just right? to have your basic needs met. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's well, like crazy. With inflation, food prices go up, price of buying a car goes up, school goes up, housing goes up and then minimum wage barely moves. Right. Yeah. So it's like that's, a huge reason why so many people are just struggling to make it. Yeah. Um, which is why it's great that there's places like snap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my family and I, this is like something I've struggled through in my life is like my family, as far as I know, never took any advantage of any sort of like programs out Mm. there to alleviate any sort of, you know, it was probably a bit of a we self-imposed having. taboo about and, that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that was a little bit of it. There's like a little bit of pride to it. And I grew up not really knowing how much in need we were when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then as I like got older, like kind of coming to terms with that and like realizing that I lived this life that like I, my parents were always like trying to get me to that was like the pressure to go to school. And they paid a lot of money for me to go to like a private school <laughs> so that I could like be successful and like the mindset I was living when I was a kid was not what I needed to equip to become like a professional, like adult. Again, like mm-hmm. I didn't know how to like do money and finances or like even just like be a, you know, self-sufficient, yeah. like, I don't know, professional person. And like that was such a struggle for me because I struggled when I got older to understand if I was the person in need that should be applying to these programs. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so that's something that I've struggled with a lot. You also feel maybe even a little bit guilty for, cause you can yeah. see people who feel like you'd feel right. that maybe they need them more. And right. And it's just like, it's like, mm-hmm. is this for me? And like, cause it's like, it's not that I didn't need help, but it's like, I, uh, I don't know if I was telling you or, or Clementine the other day, I've just like, I, I, you know, was living paycheck to paycheck for so long. And I was, like always thinking like maybe I could apply for like things like food stamps or whatever. But I was like, I'm getting by. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm only eating like rice and tortillas and beans. <laughs> but you're but not like, thriving. But I'm not thriving, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. sure. Yeah. But they, I think that's a struggle. And I, I, I don't know like if you guys encounter, if you're aware of any mm-hmm. encountering of like not being able to reach certain people or encountering people who like don't want to accept help or anything like that, that's an issue. It's so common. I mean, mm-hmm. what you're describing, it, it could almost verbatim translate it to so many different people. Mm-hmm. And I would say through the pandemic, what was interesting is I think that it actually brought the guard down for a lot of people mm-hmm. because we had so many first time recipients of assistance yeah. who realized like, okay, these are extenuating circumstances. Yeah, that was one of yeah. the questions I think I sent you was mm-hmm. how if the pandemic had affected your services or anything like that or how you guys function. Definitely a lot of first time users of yeah. our services, which right. is great because a lot of these are people who could have benefited probably even before the pandemic yeah, sure. and had and that really taken been- off a bit more secure by the time the pandemic came. Probably. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, we hear heartbreaking stories like we, our energy assistance team here so often seniors who say like, Oh, it's, you know what? It's fine. Like I have it planned. If I eat every other day, then oh I, then I don't God. need to take it away from somebody else. Sure. Gosh, and it's, damn. I don't need my oxygen but... all the time. <laughs> we're, we're sharing our oxygen. Uh. No, actually, it's, it's, no, we had, so there was somebody where they have oxygen and they're like, I just want 
wanted to thank you so much because now that I have my energy grant, I w- he was rationing his oxygen tank oh because it was taking up so much energy. Oh and God. now oh he was God. like, now I could keep it plugged in or in use every day. It's insane. terrible. Yeah. Like that, that's like someone has like accepted that as the way they are, should are, live their life. Like that's, I don't know. That's yeah. crazy. To me. It's that's, heartbreaking. Yeah. It really, really is. And so, and there's so many levels in between of that. You know, there's yeah. the people who are really, really suffering and not necessarily acknowledging. They feel that, well, I can endure the suffering. So somebody else doesn't have to. Yeah. And then there's other people, like I just convinced my niece to sign mm-hmm. up for energy assistance and she originally mm-hmm. wasn't going to, she's like, she was like, no, and she's a newlywed and she and her husband yeah. just moved into an apartment and she was like no I don't think we we need it like we you know we eat regularly you know we we feel Mm -hmm. fine but when you look at their finances they're still struggling every month and so I think it's convincing a lot of people that a there's no shame in taking advantage of these services and b like when so our motto is neighbors by your side and it's the motto that it's the idea that when your neighbor is thriving, the whole community does better. Mm -hmm. And so it's, we're doing our best to try to convince people that getting this assistance is not a selfish thing. It's a community. It's not like it's something you need to be on indefinitely. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just the boost you need to get your finances in order and then you're set. Cause you can, if you're broke, broke, it's easy to stay broke. But if you get just a little leg up, and get your things together, then sometimes it's easier to, you know, yep. start making some progress. Yeah. Right. Um, the foreclosure prevention, do you know how that works? The foreclosure p- prevention loans? Yeah. That's, that's something we talk about all the time, how messed up it is. Oh, yeah. that <laughs> When people lose their homes. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy that the system even works this way, how you could, you could literally pay off 90% of your home and then miss like if you miss enough payments, payments and, yeah. then the bank just gets your house. Yeah, it's not, I mean, they it's not even own the house, right? Yes. So right. It's like, but yeah. it should be that they pay you what you've put into it or at least a percentage or the equity or something. Right. But instead they just keep it. And you could have spent 25 years paying for that house which is ridiculous. Well, and what's tough too is what happens a lot is we'll see seniors who get tax foreclosures. So they've paid off their home and they feel like everything's set, but they still have their taxes building up on the property that they either don't know they should be still paying or haven't because of ability for a period of time. And so initially before the pandemic, that was probably most of the foreclosure prevention loans we worked with were for those tax foreclosures for people who owned their home outright. But but it's the property tax that gets them. Exactly, because if that builds up for three years let's say then that's when it starts and the treasurer's office has been great at working with a lot of those folks but Mm -hmm. it gets to be a certain point where you know if they're not able to get any traction they can't get any traction and so helping with that has been it is but since the pandemic that's shifted and i'm sure we still do a lot of tax foreclosure prevention loans but a lot of it's now people where yeah they've been out of work for who knows how long and they need it paid and so or especially if you're an elder person you're on a a limited set budget every month you know right. like mm-hmm. whatever you get from you know your retirement or whatever yeah um do you know in, anything about how the process works in terms of foreclosure prevention yeah what so kind of loan it is or interest or anything like that so because we're that certified financial development institution mm-hmm. we have our own lending so we're able to do low interest rates we're able to keep it flexible and so wow. it goes through snap as the lender for that i believe okay. uh-huh. and so it's similar to like what we were talking about with home ownership assistance yep. it's low interest you know our point isn't to make money off of sure. the loan that we're offering our point is to help stabilize our community right. yeah. and so it's really similar i think in terms of process if you're somebody who's listening and mm-hmm. you say i'm feeling threatened that i may not be able to to stay in my home honestly just reach out to us i daily send emails over to our um, gal who handles our foreclosure prevention mm-hmm. and within the day typically she was like yep i responded we have an appointment set up for next week wow. so um just having that conversation i think it yeah, also give crazy. a lot of peace yeah. of mind because yeah. we have that institutional knowledge and tools right that is it's hard to google that stuff it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just so different when like you're somebody who knows how the system works yeah. enough to like just be like oh yeah so this is where like this is all the stuff you got to get. This is the list of the things you got. Mm-hmm. I would say most people don't know because people to don't know that. Right. And it's just like insane that we would set people up 
Like we, you know, public schools do not like set people yeah. up to live in yeah. the system that we created, and yeah. it's mm-hmm. just like it just seems a little unfair. Well, and especially when you're in know. crisis mode, like you're there and you're yeah. panicking, and now you're like, oh, yeah. now I have to wade through all these documents and legalese and figure right. out Google yeah. what does this word mean and how do I go about that? Mm-hmm. It's it's hard when you're in the best of circumstances, let alone when you have red bill notices right yeah. next to you. Yeah. And so, where, uh, how does funding for SNAP go about? Um, because it's not a government agency. Correct. But it is connected. It's, there's a web nationwide. Sure. So right. And so is that, it mostly donation? Yeah. So it's a, it's a big mix of it. We get a lot of private donations or foundation donations. We get Sponsors, I think. I think I saw on the... Well, like for the races and stuff. I, I looked at mm-hmm. Snap Instagram a little bit. <laughs> you guys got a race coming up, right? Yeah, we had one on Father's Day. Oh, yeah, okay. It was our annual okay, Dad's okay. Day Dash. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was great. And we always have sponsors who come back year after year for that. They yeah. even have you know, their staff run in the race, which is, which is great. Um, and so we do have sponsors for that and those help support, you know, the work that we do. And then we get a lot of grants from different agencies and foundations. And then some of our grants to do come from government agencies or local government city council. So it's kind of a blend, um, of those sort of different funding sources, which is nice. It keeps us nimble in order yeah. to do mm-hmm. it, do the work that we're doing, which is great. Yeah. Do you know at all if it feels like SNAP is ever at or near capacity in terms of funding, or is it, has it been growing over the past you know, de- couple of decades? Because the problem's been growing, cl- it seems clearly, like. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, yeah. right? The problem's definitely growing, and and so are we. I mean, even in the past, I've been at SNAP for about three years, and I've seen the amount of staff we've had steadily increase year after year. Mm -hmm. The services that we offer, for example, when I started at SNAP, we didn't have any transportation services. Oh, which is another thing I saw. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, so it's called um, Spokane Resource Rides Mm -hmm. or Spokane Ride to Health. That's the one I saw, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so really, it started out a few years ago, and it had a different iteration than it has now. It started out with the idea that there are a lot of people who pay at great either personal expense or at community expense Mm -hmm. to go to emergency rooms for hospital visits because Mm -hmm. they can't, they don't have health care, they can't afford a primary care doctor. And so it was instead, you know, you call this number, we'll have... um, community health workers take you to an urgent care. That way you're not paying exorbitant ambulance fees and you pay lower costs. And then over time that kind of ended up shifting. We learned more about the social determinants of health that are facing our community. Mm -hmm. And so now it's expanded to, we have, for example, have a partnership with cancer can't. So Mm. we have community health workers, volunteers who give rides to cancer patients to and from their appointments so that they don't have to worry about it. I mean, my mom's going through cancer and I know that if she had to drive after chemotherapy when you're lightheaded and oh, flushed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you don't have the family to help you with that, it, we, it gives that support. Yeah. We have a similar program for vulnerable um, pregnant mothers. Um, and then during the pandemic, we started doing a lot of work with transportation and food security. Okay. So helping people find their, who live in food deserts especially, mm. find their way to grocery stores and to pharmacies. Yeah. You know, that ends up the being a barrier is the too. The I was really thinking of when huh. it, the, what is the ride to help? What is it called? Mm, Spokane ride to health. Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. That's what I pictured in my head. It was, it was probably a lot of pharmacy visits. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. To and from, which is nice, you know, especially we have people who they only need it for a short amount of time, you know, like yeah. maybe they broke their leg or something, or we had a woman who broke her arm or in her shoulder. And mm-hmm. so she needed the services and it's not worth it to necessarily get on the list to have one of those accessibility vans come to your house every yeah, so yeah, often. Yeah. But here you also get a community health worker. So we've been able to assess, okay, so I noticed here that, you know, maybe there isn't a safe path inside your house because maybe there's hoarding or supplies that they can't move Mm -hmm. and it's able to help provide those referrals to help clean up those other issues for them so that they can be a healthier safer person i don't know if there's any organization in spokane that does more than you it's crazy it sounds so personal yeah like you just like you just like these people are they they just so welcoming to the people from snap because it just sounds like they you were like in their home with them and you're like this oh my gosh like i can help you in so many different ways like so many little things which like you know, it, the little things like really can improve your life drastically, yeah. you know, which can like ripple out and like, yeah, give you the energy to live a more thriving life. Yeah. yeah. Big that time. It's helpful. That's, that's, that's awesome. amazing. <laughs> um, so what uh, do you, did you say you have a race coming up? So we had one on Father's Day. We have an event. You have something coming up. Yeah, we do. So every October we have our biggest fundraiser and we call it last year was our first 
annual one, our inaugural Power of Connection. So we used to do one of those luncheons and we had that for almost mm -hmm. 10 years, you know, where mm -hmm. you go to a big conference room or banquet hall and, you know, you listen for an hour. And after the pandemic, we, oh, yeah. we shifted a bit, which, you know, it has been nice for us because it allows us to engage in different ways. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we've turned it into a peer to peer fundraising month. And so we start with a kickoff event. Mm -hmm. We're going to have that in September and that's for virtual table captains. So normally, you know, you would come, let's say I invited you two to be table captains. Okay. You'd bring, you know, 10 of your closest friends and family to the table and you'd mm. listen to our spiel. Well, now that we're not doing that in person, now you're kind of your own fundraisers. And so oh, okay. um, you have fundraising pages, we have fundraising goals and incentives so okay. that people can, you know, do their best to, um, you know, maybe yourself you could only donate 20 but mm -hmm. among your 10 friends now you have 200 dollars that comes oh, in yeah. and given those donations then you could possibly get some prizes based on that and then we also are working with sponsors and they're leveraging their dollars as matching funds oh, okay. and so if people donate to those pages then it's increasing the overall amount that's donated to that's the campaign awesome. so how do you sign up just the snap website is there a link there yeah so it'll be a link on the website um or you could also email me directly at communications at snapwa.org okay. and we'll give you all the tools to set you up and at our kickoff event you know we'll have some hors d'oeuvres from some snap supported small businesses <laughs> and we'll show you how to do everything so you can be a you know a rock star fundraiser and yes. put me out of a job <laughs> <laughs> so so it's uh Mostly virtual event or completely virtual event? It's or? mostly virtual. Okay. So the only non-virtual element is a kickoff for okay. virtual table captains who are going New to orders. be... Yeah, food was mentioned. Exactly. So I have to say we have some pretty bomb snap small businesses. I don't know if you guys have ever eaten at Cochinito Taqueria. Oh, yes. Uh, the one like downtown right by the that's where uh, we park and go, right? Oh, yeah, it was busy that one. It was a very hot and sweaty day. So oh. yeah, everybody was trying to get in for margaritas. But yeah, right next, right next to the, At least we were. the park and ride place, right? Yeah, yes, okay. yeah, right there. Yeah, That's yeah, one of yeah. our businesses. Oh, cool. They have a taco that might change your life. But, and I'm not just saying that because it's one of a business that we helped get started. This episode but. is sponsored by... <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but so we'll have different food from places like that. So you can okay. kind of taste like, you know, when you're supporting Snap, you also support launching some of these businesses. Yeah. And yeah. here's how you benefit. See how tasty that that taco is so. <laughs> so i did see that in the thrive area it there's like small business loan stuff too mm -hmm. so are these like small businesses oh, that yeah. went through the snap program by any chance or is it just like businesses that support snap no so their businesses who went through the program and wow. some of them have ended up going oh, full circle really and then cool. supporting snap afterward that's awesome but yeah. um it's and it's a number of ways so it could be that they either received development support you know like hey i don't know really how to start a website or i need mm -hmm. help making a business plan or in some cases it's the that they actually received a loan to start a small business from Snap. Mm -hmm. And th what's really cool, I think, about our services is that 80% of our small businesses stay open after five years, wow, which is like wow. the inverse of the national average. Dang. So if you look at a place like Cedar Coffee is a great example of a Snap supported small business. Okay. It was started by immigrants from, I believe, Russia or Ukraine. Okay. They came here, they had experience, you know, running businesses over there, but nothing that they could take over here that would qualify for a traditional loan. Mm. But because we have that personalized connection, yeah. we could work with them and we kind of helped them start to finish, not only with the loan piece, but, you know, finding community members to work with, finding contractors wow. to get it going. and. Then after the pandemic, you know, a lot of businesses had to change their models. Mm. And so we worked with a lot of those businesses, too, to bring them technologically up to up yeah. to speed. Or how do you convert this to a web based right. model? Yeah. Um, so kind of across the board. But it's wow. it's pretty exciting. What are the what are the titles? I'm just curious of the, of the people that work at Snap, because it sounds like they do everything. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually it's only like, one guy. <laughs> yeah, he just runs himself ragged. <laughs> I'll build your website, then I gotta go build a ramp, and I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, is, is it like there's like people for each kind of? Is it like business people, and then there's like they have like people that work for them, and then there's just like, actually how many employees do you guys? Yeah, have I'm just curious. Yeah, just yeah, so we have about I think 150. We also though within that that's at our full capacity. Mm -hmm, we have okay. seasonal employees too. So our energy season for energy assistance runs October till about April or May. Okay. And then most of our energy staff get the summer off. And oh, so okay. I think around that point, we dropped to like 125. Do you guys have a volunteer program, I, I bet? We do. We yeah. have a volunteer program. And I think our biggest need for a volunteer program is for those volunteer drivers for our transportation Ooh. program. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, we have a volunteer is program. Is there an age re requirement? 
Um, 18 and above, okay. I believe. Cool. So, um, and then, you know, a clean driving record mm-hmm. um, or mostly clean, you know, <laughs> clean in the past, let's say yeah. five or 10 years, yeah. I want to yeah. say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's really helpful. You know, we have, it's called Neighbors on the Go. So you get a nifty polo shirt that I helped design oh. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> and you get a magnet for your car so that people know that, you know, you're from Snap and you're yeah. to be trusted. Cool. And, um, yeah. and then you get to be part of that. I mean, we hear people all the time talk about what great conversations they have with the people that they're oh, serving. Um, awesome. You know, I know one of them, they both were secretaries at a similar business, like that were neighbors for 20 years and mm-hmm. they didn't realize it. So they got to just reminisce about all those different stories and oh, just yeah, kind of reconnected their youth. Yeah, and that's rad. It's really <laughs> sweet. <laughs> no, I'm just honestly like, I'm kind of in awe because like there's so much <laughs> happening and you said they've been around 50 years and like, I didn't know there was like this stuff out there and so many people getting help and it's just yeah. kind of amazing to hear. And again, it's like for me, I just always think about how much like help I could have used when I was mm-hmm. younger. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure I could, there's so much still now. Yeah, there's I probably learn a lot I'm going to be looking into. And it just <laughs> always awesome. makes me think of like all these people that have come to Snap, like how did they know to hear? Because it sounds like just like, mm-hmm. a, like an amazing community hub. Yeah. You know, just like this is really what the community is like in Spokane and like the people that need help and the people who can give help. And like, that's really where it's at. And it's I just didn't know it was there, you know. <laughs> Well, and it's common. I mean, like I, I like you, I grew up yeah. with SNAP assistance. And after I started working here, my mom was like, gosh, dang it. Why didn't you tell me that we could have gotten more than energy assistance? <laughs> like, like I remember growing up, we had a busted window where in the winter yeah. it would be freezing or in an unsafe yeah. neighborhood. We're like, gosh, who's going to And that's a small enough and, thing where you wouldn't think you could go somewhere to get right. help about. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we could have this entire time. And so, yeah, if you guys have any insight, you know, it's, it's a challenge to convey 30 programs. You know, it's one thing if you're like, come to us for energy assistance. That's yeah. an easy drum to beat. But when you're trying to say for energy assistance, also to put in a ramp. Also, we could get you to the pharmacy. Yeah. Also, if you start, want to start a business. Start right. a business. <laughs> yeah. Stop your house Basically, it's like, what do you need right now? <laughs> yeah, really? Because though. there are people that would like to help you out with that. Yeah. That's what I just feel like is going on. <laughs> well, and what's, the thing too, though, is, you know, everyone always thinks that the P in SNAP is programs, but it is partners. And the part, the reality is like, it's a community effort and we couldn't do it mm-hmm. without our partners. Like yeah. you mentioned, Catholic Charities came on here earlier and we work with them often. So with homelessness, oh. for example, we we have the ability to serve singles, but okay. if you're a family, like if you have children, you can then direct them to Catholic church. Exactly, because yeah. they cover that oh. piece of it. So oh, it's really okay. a community what other solution. Do you work with like Catholic charities? Yeah, I mean, I was wondering about that actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so we work with quite a few. I think a great example of partnerships we've had is outer rental assistance. One of the challenges is how do we meet different populations, especially vulnerable, underserved populations mm-hmm. that we really haven't met before mm-hmm. or interacted with? And they're the, possibly some of the folks who need rental assistance the most. Yeah. And so we've partnered with Latinos in Spokane, for example, mm-hmm. and um, Emmanuel Life Church, I believe, Jesus is the hmm. Answer Church, the NAACP, I believe, or no, the Carl Maxey Center. And they have the tools to like, now they could reach out to their communities that yeah. they serve more directly and say like, Hey, here's the services that we're offering. Some of them have helped people get their applications submitted. Mm-hmm. So that way, like, you know, if you don't speak English as your first language, you mm-hmm. don't have to try to mess around with the legalese bureaucracy oh, of getting right. it submitted. Wow. So yeah. like having those partners helps us to reach those pockets. Yeah. But to that end, if you guys have any solutions on how to reach people who don't know yet, I mean, that's a, I think a challenge of any nonprofit. And so, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find that outreach is just easiest when you connect with other programs like that to like help get the kind of cross network the clients or the people that you serve like that kind of thing it definitely helps and it builds that trust you know like I think as an example we've had challenges in rural communities Mm -hmm. because in rural communities they've had the experience of you know either government or agencies that seem like government agencies that come in and they just have an inherent distrust Mm -hmm. and so it's like how do you build trust to let them know like we're actually here to help we're not going to screw you over (laughs) and uh yeah working with these agencies on with the communities they serve it gives that immediate trust that we're okay do you and i didn't see anything so i'm not sure if you do do you have any um, drug rehabilitation efforts, anything in that realm? Not directly. I think years ago we did have a pilot about that, mm-hmm. but we do work with, I think like frontier behavioral health, um, okay. to work with referrals and get that going. Like I know in homeless services, our caseworkers, they, I don't know how they do it, but they work 
across, you know, over time, I feel like to connect with, okay, so we're about to get you housing. Because that's where my question was leading to, because a lot of places it's it's hard to get into housing if you are currently struggling with a addiction. drug addiction. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, yeah. and if we want it to be a long-term solution too, you know, we could mm-hmm. get you the housing, but if you are still struggling with your disease, then mm-hmm. it's hard to maintain that and, yes. you know, keep mm-hmm. growing and learning yeah. and thriving. So we definitely do, even though we don't have the services ourselves, that's mm-hmm. part of the PM partners is we have our partners that we work with and direct. And, you know, it's fascinating. A lot of our caseworkers, they know people at different agencies by name. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'll just connect you to Sarah. Sarah's great, she'll Dang. do X, Y, and Z. Wow. So, yeah. um, and that's helpful too, just being out in the community. I know like with homeless services, we have a regular huddle where you know the different homeless provider teams meet along with some of like the drug rehabilitation centers. Mm. And they're like, okay, these are our needs. Here's what's gonna happen. And I would love to get in one of those rooms. Because <laughs> it seems like those are the people coming together and actually doing something right. about it, you know? Yeah. Because I wonder how much of the issue in Spokane is lack of resources or lack of knowledge of resources mm-hmm. um, or just uh, is it straight up addiction issues? Because that, that could also be it too. Because my, my siblings were homeless for quite some time. I want to say willingly, but not just because of their drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. And this goes back to... It, these programs do so much. What is the government not doing? And, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it sounds like kind of what you're saying is that like government, some people are kind of just initially or uh, reflexively adverse to the whole government intervention type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like maybe people just respond better to the non-governmental agencies that like yeah. are doing the work out there or something like that. Because, y- yeah, I mean, I think because like, the difference between the government side and like a private non or nonprofit or any a private organization is that um the government in some ways like so many things are obligatory and conditional and like yeah. i feel like you're probably less flexible if you work with the because like the when i when agency. i hear like mm-hmm. government programs i always think of just like what hoops have they designed for you to have to jump through oh in order? Yeah. And, and then it's all impersonal and like we were talking about like if we ever talked to somebody that worked for a government agency how much probably more bureaucratic they might seem well, it's like food like stamps access like, like if um, i remember yeah. mm-hmm. in the past family signing up for food stamps you have to watch every word you say like how much do you make who are you living with like <laughs> right. what do you do like it's like and the second you say the wrong word it's like nope can't access it right it's like, yeah well, right Jesus, i mean who is this for then that was my mom's experience when she immigrated to the u.s they had several interviews and like if you like say the wrong thing of like was no why, why are you why are you coming to the u.s and if you answer like wrong you have to like they, they turn you away and you have to come back again and do the interview oh until gosh. you basically get the interview right oh gosh there's also like when i uh I, my friend gave me their car Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, trying yeah. to, I was trying to like figure out like, like they, I mean, I gave them some money basically to fix the, they, they fixed the car and then I, they gave it to me and I was like, they were like, okay, you can have the car if you just pay for all the repairs I just did. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then we like had to transfer the title or whatever. And like they had done something before where like you sell the car for a dollar. So yeah. I filled the paperwork. I was like, okay, I'll do so you that. You can do that once. But right? you can only oh. give it as a gift because it qualifies as a gift at that point. Yeah. And you can only do that once with each car or whatever. And I did it, and then like the person had to coach me. Well, the person before was not very helpful, but then the next person kind of coached me and was like, "Okay, you have to fill out these forms and just put this phrase down. No, <laughs> no fraud yeah. was intended. Like we love that phrase. Like, they're, 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 like that's the phrase you use on the form, so we know it's all. Well, that shows it's the luck of the draw of who you're speaking. Right. right. Yeah. Who you're talking to, willing to help, but then just yeah. like what. Yeah, keywords will like How to game the push system. it through, right? Yeah. yeah, and like yeah, that's where the government program sometimes it feels like you're just training people how to game the system, yeah, and not so much how to and wasting a lot of time, give them ability, and energy, mm-hmm. and finances, hiring these people to waste everybody's time. Yeah, <laughs> so it's nice that there's straightforward organizations. Yeah. Like well, and that's what's yeah. tough is like when you do have those like bigger government grants, it is so prescriptive that you don't really have space for relationship, and there's definitely yeah. like mm-hmm. a, a place for that. Like I received snap food stamps as a kid too mm-hmm. so like it's not like i didn't benefit from that as Does well snap have a food stamp no program? so i'm um, sorry not our snap so it's oh, a federal snap a different yep. snap. And, i also mixed that up when he said that you were from snap i was like oh he's like a, that's why i was like <laughs> what is it, government program? supplemental nutrition assistance is that program yes. from dshs program? it's the same as dshs oh, that is. snap is dshs oh, okay. yes and yeah, we okay. get that call all the time so much so that <laughs> yeah. i have the link saved in my bookmarks and i just copy paste and send <laughs> cool, cool. um but yeah that relationship is huge like i think a great example is out of the pandemic we 
worked uh, different agencies um, worked, including SNAP, to create a homeless street medicine team. And part mm. of it was, all right, we know that COVID has potential to spread rampantly among homeless populations. Yes. So they basically the different street outreach teams, SNAP included, and a couple others as well, partnered with different medical professionals. And I think it started through the WSU School of Medicine. And so then they do those exams, like, okay, do you have COVID? No, let's check your blood pressure. Let's check Mm -hmm. this cut that you have. Let's see if it's infected. Let's check your gout. Let's check your blood sugar levels, those different areas. And I think what's been helpful is it incentivizes homeless populations to now go to see their doctor. Because now they have a person who came in, they met them where they were at mm-hmm. and it instilled that trust. Like, okay, we're not here to hurt you. Go right. here and tell them that you need an antibiotic for X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And you could start that relationship. And I think creating those relationships is helpful because then if it's a drug addiction that they suffer from, for example, they have that foot in the door where it seems a lot They're less more likely to threatening. Come back they have a yeah. place. Exactly. They just have a place in their mind that they've been before of somebody yeah. that will help them out, which is why I feel like so important. It's interesting right. that you've said now in two different cases that COVID kind of changed people's way of thinking about what they can do to help themselves and like kind of lowered that barrier. Cause like you're saying, you know, with COVID people, like we're able to be like, well, I guess I do need help. And like, Mm -hmm. I kind of like, this is not only is it just me, but like everybody seems to need help and things are going bad, but like, yeah, it gives places an excuse to like create that connection and be like, now this person got a whole health checkup, you know, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, there was an incident going on that affected everybody that really highlighted how much we are all connected Mm -hmm. and how much like we need to be helping each other. There needs to be an organization that is in has a direct relationship with all of these places like snap catholic charities union gospel mission because it's like they're all going after the same efforts you mm-hmm. know but everybody's kind of doing their best to patch i mean it sounds area. like there is a pretty good network yeah going on i mean well, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's relying yeah. it's relying on the the yeah. people like you know involved in each organization to like yeah. really stay connected and referring each other around. But it. what yeah. does help too is there is that number 211 and mm-hmm. a lot of times people use it to call like I think the YWCA popularizes mm-hmm. it a lot if people are suffering from domestic violence you know here's where you could go to get resources to get out safely mm-hmm. but it's not just for domestic violence it's for community resources as a whole so okay. for example earlier in the year we had depleted for the time being the rental assistance funding that we mm-hmm. had and our line was well, we're not sure who else offers it right now but call 211 and basically they help do assessments to be like okay so it sounds like you need the following things Mm -hmm. here's agencies that we recommend you connect with to make that happen so I'm not I admittedly have never personally tried calling to own run so I don't know what the process is but I know that it's really common for agencies to like snap I think Catholic charities to to put their services there and they could help be that connector yeah I saw it on your website but yeah and I've I've seen it on a couple signs downtown to 211 but yeah I don't know Mm -hmm. exactly nobody's ever explained it to me <laughs> what it is particularly yeah so who, what kind of people should be calling is it just a directory number? it's basically like a directory yeah it's similar to i don't even know if 411 still exists anymore that's, but like that's in, what i was aware of that's like the information yeah. line or whatever yeah. yeah and it's similar to that but it's solely for local spokane county resources okay. and um directed by d- different you know degrees of support there's also if you go to the fig tree it's a website and they basically they're the resource directory and they you know, monthly, regularly work with different agencies. What do you have? What don't you have? They update their website with all of that information as okay. well, and they categorize it and oh, catalog it. That sounds like kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. They're like, no, yeah. yeah. That's, okay. yeah <laughs> just about on it. <laughs> huh. Nice. That's okay. amazing. That's yeah. Cool. Cool Super helpful. Yeah. Snap is really amazing. And, um, Thank you. <laughs> God, yeah, it does seem like they're doing a lot of the things that probably the government should be doing. But, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, and, and like having these conversations, I mean, Tony and I talk a lot about how we can solve all of society's problems. Yeah. But, <laughs> but We're uh, single hand. And, and having all these conversations with people, it just sounds like, I don't know, maybe the government way. Like, of course, government funding yeah. is always good. And like we just talk about all the systemic issues and how like we've created a society that just seems to be putting so many people under other people's feet. And like other people are just kind of go thrown in, get thrown into the grinder, yeah. you know, societally mm-hmm. speaking. And it's just... Yeah, I think Tony's lamenting the fact that, like, the problem seems insurmountable. Like, it does. Like, <laughs> and it seems like nobody knows who to actually turn to in terms of solving these How problems. to solve all of it. Yeah. 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 Or how to, like, uh, Sarah from Catholic Charities kept saying how to go upstream enough to solve yeah. the issues that start 
all the problems that people encounter in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's difficult to like float that line between helping everybody. And I think imposing help on everybody, which yeah. is what people, well, I don't know what we struggle with as a society. How far do we go to like make mm-hmm. sure everybody's okay? Yeah. Right. Know? Yeah. No. And it's the idea, like part of our mission statement is providing opportunities to help people in need reach their full potential. And I think mm-hmm. that's the idea. It's opportunities. Yeah. And I do it, almost wish we could speak to somebody who has gone through the program. And cause like I said, you could kind of see a clear line from going from mm-hmm. basically sure. on the streets to mm-hmm. being fully self-sufficient. And I think seeing somebody who's living proof of that would be kind of inspiring to a lot of people. Yeah. But it even sounds mm-hmm. like it's so great that you can just go, and for this, that, or the other, in a very personal way, like this, you know, like your grandma, like this mm-hmm. ramp just would change my life. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's not mm-hmm. like I'm not, you know, I'm sure she needs help in other ways too, but just like that one thing or like yeah. even us going to go for a class or something, you know, <laughs> oh, like yeah. how much that would just change. I'm definitely going to be going to the credit building <laughs> workshop and the down payment assistance and first time home buyer programs. Yeah. Definitely yeah. recommended. I'm definitely looking at the home buyer right thing now. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, I mean, is there anything else you want to plug or talk about or point out that SNAP does or other things that we should be aware of, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would just say that it's really community support that helps make Mm -hmm. us possible as a community action agency. Mm -hmm. And we don't just mean that in terms of donations, though, obviously, that's helpful. Mm -hmm. But really, a big part of it is signal boosting. You know, everybody has their own networks, their own circles that they communicate with. And if people don't know, they can't get the help that they deserve. And so um, I really encourage everybody to like our social media page. All of them are at Snap Spokane. We have our regular updates on there. And even if it's not a Snap service, if it's something that's a community good, you know, like Mm -hmm. vaccine clinics or, you know, Family Promise, for example, has rental assistance programs and we'll put that information out there. So it kind of serves as its own hub in and of itself to help with that kind of information. Um, Volunteering as well. even just attending our events, you know, like our Dad's Day Dash next year for Father's yeah. Day, mm-hmm. you get to have a Father's Day activity and know that part of it is supporting SNAP. And so, what's the upcoming event called again? So the upcoming event is called Power of Connection. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's that fundraising event. So that's something where even if folks don't have their own financial means, if you just have enough ambition and yeah. gall to ask. <laughs> know a few people. Yeah. And know yeah. a few people. <laughs> Exactly. And the other thing, too, is sharing your story. Like, for example, talking to both of you and you have in different ways you've touched SNAP services, whether personally or with your family. Mm -hmm. And I think sharing those stories, either with us directly or just to people you talk to, it helps normalize receiving that assistance. Yeah, right. Totally. And is really helpful. Um, So that's I would encourage all of that. And if you go on our website, snaplaw.org forward slash stories, you can see some of those stories of people. There's one. This is a great example of somebody who kind of went through the spectrum of services. Mm -hmm. She came to us when she was really insecure in housing, kind of in and out of homelessness. Mm -hmm. We're able to get her secure, be able to find her adequate housing. Now that she has her housing, we help to provide for energy assistance during that period of time. Then she's an artist. She wanted to start a small business. So we helped her get the training needed, the business, working on a business plan, I believe some funding. And now she's an artist with her own business who started out going through the homelessness services. We should have connected with you a long time. (laughs) (laughs) We could get things going. (laughs) We're both artists. too. That's a big part of that. You're an artist. I'm an artist. Is that logo your guys' design? Yeah, Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tony did the music for the podcast. Oh, yeah. And we built this table. It's not our thing, but it's, like it's kind of pulling apart a little bit, but first time. So that looks yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> so well, Nicole, yeah. thank you so much for yeah, coming. Yeah, thank you so much. It. Oh my gosh. And we appreciate everything Snap does. It's amazing. Thank you. So we will throw all the links up and yeah. do all the And also a personal things. thank you to Snap because I've <laughs> directly benefited from your guys' services and will probably in the very new future be kind benefiting of more from yeah. them. So yeah. So it's awesome. You could soon be one of our full service, full circle yeah. clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> full circle. There it is. <laughs> well, that was cool. the episode, guys. Thanks thank so. you again to Nicole and thank yeah, you to thanks. Snap. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, it's always nice to be